0: And from his mouth comes these words to every one of us, to you as an individual. He says, why will you care about what you will eat or drink or what you will wear? The birds are cared for and they don't worry about any of those things. Are you not worth more? right there where you are in in everyday life there must be a time where the sense of worth through meditation on what is done for you overwhelms your situation thank you father that we are the apple of your eye thank you father that we are precious to you thank you father that you care for us with a care that's greater than what we can ever imagine And as I'm going to minister on the power of peace today, I thank You, Lord, that a supernatural peace that's greater than all understanding will empower every person here to have a confidence and a hope in this year to come and for the rest of their life based on Your character and Your person. Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to preach on uh, the power of peace Um, On my way back yesterday from Groot Brak, I prayed in the car. I said, Lord, what do you want me to minister on? And these words just came to me, the power of peace. And I came home and I started to study on it. And, uh, you know, I saw some wonderful, very simple revelation concerning the power of peace. Um, One thing we must realize is that the fruit of the Spirit... Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and all those kind of things. And all the attributes of God's character is not a command to the church. When Paul came in Galatians and he wrote and he said, These are the fruit of the, This is the fruit of the Spirit. It was not given to him by commandment. In other words, God didn't come to him and say to him, Paul, this is the fruit of the Spirit and this is what you must bear. He didn't do that. Uh, Paul came to the conclusion that when you are in belief in the finished work of Jesus that this is the result or the fruit of believing in what God has done. That's why he called it fruit. He didn't say the commandments of God. He didn't say the obligation of the church. He said this is the fruit, another word for fruit is the result of being in the spirit so in other words uh, the fruit of the spirit is a promise it is not a command so a uh, uh, long suffering is not a command you better have long suffering no no it's a promise if we see it as a result of belief in the finished work of Jesus Christ it becomes a promise and the moment we have that, we can have hope. Hope is a confident expectation of these things to manifest in our lives, free from our willpower to try and manifest it. And once we have these things in our life, we live a much better life in this world. You know, A person that, is, um, that, that doesn't become angry easily lives a much better life in this world than a person that does become angry easily. Now the wonderful thing about the fruit of the Spirit is that it's not a prerequisite to be saved one day. It's not a, a thing that we must have in our lives to be saved. We are saved by the grace of God. We are saved by the love of God. We are saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ. When we believe in it, we are saved. Okay, that's how salvation comes. And then the fruit of that is Uh, attributes that comes to our life that makes this life a much better place. This life becomes easy because we are kind. You know a person that is kind, you know you get people that don't have to be saved to be very kind. They're just kind by nature. You find more people like them. You find that when they go for a business interview and they're kind and they just have that attitude of rest and kindness and peace and they're polite, that they get the job easier. Because that's principles in this world that just makes life easy. Now those things are promises. It's not a command. God doesn't say, you better be kind. No, no, He says, when you are saturated in my love, kindness will come forth in your life and we will have life and abundance of life in this world which makes life so much easier. Um, One of the things that will happen when you're in the Spirit is you'll find uh, 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 or in the finished work of Jesus and you believe in it, you you will see the need. um, There's no more need to tell lies. You'll just speak the truth. And when you speak the truth, it is because it comes from a platform where you know um, even if this person finds out the truth, it doesn't matter because my... the the, the end result in my life is determined by God. So I can speak the truth. It gives an absolute platform of speaking the truth. And when you do it that way, people honor you. They say that man's word is his honor and he can, you know, they love it. And you live a much better life in this world by what God promised by the Spirit and our human effort. Now, we're... um, a basic humanistic way of thinking would be to take all that fruit and to say listen if you do all these things it's going to go much better with you and then you use your willpower to try and get these things right and then um, you know to the degree that you get it right it does go a bit better but that is not that was not God's plan God's plan was from a revelation of what is done and who you are in Christ that He will live those things in you Amen Um, so when we can have peace with God in this world to the point that we find um, we will find stress leave us and when stress leaves us we find that uh, fighting in the house also goes because there's there's not people that stressed out all the time and uh, so so I I just believe that um, God has come and when it comes to the gospel of Jesus we should, never mistake, uh, we should never make the mistake to think that salvation is determined by the fruit. So, if I have fruit, then I will be saved. No, no, no. We are saved from the law, which manifests the fruit of the flesh, which is outbursts of wrath and anger and all those kind of things. And when we are when saved from the law, we are delivered from all those things that bring harm to our life. Now there's a person that can be angry, you know, and lose his temper. He believes in Jesus. When he passes away, he'll go to heaven. But he had hell on earth. You know, so I just think in this year for me, um, the power of peace is when I, can, when I receive the peace of God, which I will talk a bit about now, um, it empowers me to a place where God brings forth His fruit in my life and I have the benefits of those attributes in my life. Like I said it's much easier to get along with a person that is tender-hearted and kind and loving and understanding than a person that is angry all the time and fault-finding and critical and depressed. So, thank God that we can have life in this world. God has come to give us life by his spirit and not by our own willpower Okay, Uh, I want to read just from Romans 1 16 it says for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek now I want to just change the emphasis a little bit here and explain something it says uh, Paul says I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ now what is this gospel Romans 10, 15 says, How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So there's a gospel of peace. Now Paul said, The gospel, which is the gospel of peace, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. So, what, what, how, how does this whole dynamic work? Uh, the gospel of peace is the message of, that will produce an emotion in your heart that you don't owe God anything. You're not indebted to God. You're not indebted to any man. You sit with an emotion in your heart. That's what the word peace means. It's the word prosperity. Uh, it talks, talks about an abundance. It talks about you not being indebted to someone. If you prosper financially you and every all your debt is paid you can have the emotion in your heart that you don't owe anything it's like you owe money on your house somebody comes he pays it all for you the emotion that you have when you go past the bank is called peace okay if you couldn't if you borrowed something and you couldn't pay it back somebody has it for you that emotion when you get that good news that it has been paid for is called peace so this is called the gospel of peace so when you hear the true gospel you will have the emotion that I'm not indebted anymore and the moment that debt is taken from you the real you can live because the real you cannot live in an atmosphere of guilt if you owe somebody something and given you cannot pay, your whole life will be formed from guilt. What you say, your emotions, how you deal with people will be formed from that guilt. Uh, let's go back to the bank again. If you, or let's make it more personal. You owe a friend money that's got a business in town and they've been you've been good friends for many years you went to his hardware shop for instance you bought a lot of stuff in the building industry and now you can't pay him anymore because something happened and you owe him 150,000 Rand you can't pay him you're gonna go bankrupt but now this is your friend you've been friend for 20 20 years now there's gonna be tension The fact that you cannot pay him, the emotion of guilt, the the consciousness of your lack, will determine how you speak to him, to your friend. All of a sudden, you will not phone him that much anymore. Even if you miss him as a person, you will not phone him that much anymore. When you see him, the way you smile, uh, um, your, your body language, the emotions in your heart, everything will be determined by your guilt and your guilt will give birth to a life in your life but if somebody can come and pay your debt and there's no more uh, 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 um, debt between you and your friend and you get that revelation all of a sudden who you really are and how you really feel about your friend what you always desired will come forth in a second empowered by the message of your debt is paid so th- that's why it's so important to believe the good news of peace the gospel of peace this is not just the gospel of one day we can be saved it's the gospel of we are not indebted anymore that is what the gospel is all about if, if the baby screams this, this is a family church bless God Amen so um okay so it's the gospel of peace it's the gospel of we are not indebted to god it's the gospel of we are not lower than any other nation now when paul came and he preached the gospel of peace and for those of you that watch by the internet um that still believe in 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 jews are more special than, than than other people what paul understood Under the gospel of peace is that God made of two men, the Jews and the Gentiles. He made one new man by taking the law away and so making peace between Jew and Gentile. So the gospel of peace was this. We're in peace. God looked at Jesus. He says, peace on earth, goodwill, a good reputation to every man. And between Jew and Gentile, there's not the emotion in the heart of a Gentile anymore that we owe the Jew something. Or we are lower than somebody else. And the Jew has been set free that he does not feel special anymore because he is born a Jew, but he feels special now because he is 100% related to God. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. I mean, that is it. So if we can realize that, believe that, we find that that peace gives birth to a new life. You know, if you come home and there's not peace at home, you will say the right thing to your wife, the wife will say the right thing to the husband, or the, the child will say the right thing, you will do the right thing, because there's no peace. If there was peace, he can be himself. And the real person can come forth. Now, when we believe in Jesus, a new you was placed inside you. That person can only manifest equally to the amount of peace that there's in your life between you and God. Um, you know, when I, when I was riding in the car, I, was, I drove alone. So I went to uh, Groot Brak. It's about a four-hour drive. And when I came back, you know, you had a lot of time to think and to just feel what you feel in your heart. And um, as I drove there, the thing that blessed me the most was when I think of God and me, there's a platform of a throne of mercy, a throne of grace, a place of acceptance and through years of thinking on this gospel and hearing this gospel when I think of God what comes to my heart is this is the place where I am fully accepted and that's the place where I can really be myself and when I talk about really be myself it's not where I can just talk about all my stress and God's not going to care. When I talk about really being myself it's where I can be happy. It's where I can uh, uh, find true gratitude coming forth in my heart. Where I can share how I feel about things on on a platform where I know God's only got the best for me in His mind. So that's why it's so important to know that The gospel is the gospel of peace. But just here, verse 16 here again, it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Okay? So the gospel of Christ is the good news. The gospel of peace is the power of God. So, um the more you can realize God's absolute peace with you, the more you'll see God's power manifesting in your life. And uh, you know, through the old way of doing things, we've always thought, listen, peace is something we must bear. Peace is something we must do. Peace is something we must bring forth. We must decide to have peace. You know, you see a stress situation, I decide to have peace. No, 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 no. That is mind over matter. That is human willpower. What you do if you're in a situation where you stress, in a situation where you don't know how things are going to work out, you go and listen to the gospel of peace until the gospel produces peace in your heart. And that peace and that platform of peace, from there you'll see the Holy Spirit bringing forth the fruit of God in your life bringing forth and manifesting that change. And that's the real thing. Um, so there's a gospel of peace. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now, that word salvation in the in original language speaks of many things. It talks about our immortal bodies that we will receive in the return of Christ. It also talks about salvation of, from many things. Salvation from things like, I talked about the fruit of the flesh. Salvation Um, from substance abuse salvation from things that you are caught in that you cannot get rid of by your own power the answer is to listen to the simple gospel it produces peace between you and God and from that platform of peace we have a hope that God will manifest that God will bear the fruit of His Spirit which He promised in our lives which is a better life. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit is a promise, not a command. It's something we can hope for. Romans uh, fifteen thirteen says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now that's very important. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now let me explain that verse. It's, a, it's an awesome verse. Um, it says the God of hope, the God that gives us a confident expectation that we will have an immortal body or salvation one day when Jesus returns or the hope that we will see who He is manifest in our lives fills our hearts with all joy and peace. How? Through the simple gospel. What is a simple gospel? Jesus Christ became a human being. He took the sin of the whole world upon Him When He took the sin of the whole world upon Him and died, all mankind's sin died. He obeyed on behalf of everybody so that we can accept His fruit as our fruit. Amen. That's the gospel of peace. When we believe the simple gospel, we are flooded with the emotion of we are not indebted. When we are on the platform of flooded, knowing we're not indebted, and that happens through believing in what He's done believing in what is done we find that the holy spirit brings forth and manifests the hope we have which is the characteristics of God uh, eternal life in the return of Christ and all those kind of things you manifest that in us by the power of God um, I, I, I placed on Facebook I said this the more emphasis you put on fruit that you must bear fruit actually it's the more dangerous it is if you take a husband and a wife and the wife cannot fall pregnant and she struggles, she really wants to fall pregnant, they go to the doctor, there's nothing wrong but she just doesn't fall pregnant the worst thing that can ever happen to her is for the husband to put pressure on her to bear fruit in other words to have a baby the more she stresses and the harder she tries to have a baby and this has been seen over and over three years the the smaller the chances that she's going to have a baby. She's too stressed. She's just focused on, I must have a child, I must have a child, I must bear fruit, I must bear fruit because my husband wants me to bear fruit. Where's the fruit? The more she stresses about the fruit, the less she's going to bear the fruit. And then you'll find, I remember Potsdam, me had these people and then they, could have, they just couldn't have kids. And then they adopted a child. The moment they adopted a child just after that, they had twins. (laughs) So what happens is, it's almost as if, if you know you cannot bear fruit, if you can adopt somebody else's fruit as your own, you'll have fruit of your own. And I've seen that in the Gospel. The moment we can adopt the fruit of Jesus as our fruit, we'll find, we'll bear fruit. So in other words, you sit there, yes, you'll take Norse, Yes, squat. Yes, bombastis. I don't know the English words for those big sins. You know, but um, <laughs> you know, you've got all those things, you know, and then you look at the fruit of the Spirit as a command on what I must bear. You become depressed. And now a more depressed person must now try and bear fruit. You're already bombastic. You're already irritated, tired, overworked. And now you look at the fruit and now you think it's a command, I must try and bear this fruit, which stresses you out even more. Now you bear less fruit and now you come to the conclusion, grace doesn't work. Maybe you must go back to the old things, old way and try willpower even more. It's it's not going to work. You sit in that situation, listen, the best thing that you can do in that situation is to adopt the fruit of Jesus as your own fruit and treat yourself, I mean, he gave birth to that fruit. He's shown that fruit when he was on the earth. He fully obeyed. Write Write that fruit behind your name free from what you've done. Say, that's what I've done. Because he is my representative. That is who he is. That is what he has done. And you keep that fruit behind your name for the rest of your life. And from that platform of knowing you've already been bearing fruit. But it was not my fruit. Listen, His fruit is your fruit. What He's done is written behind your name. You can do nothing without Him. He obeyed on your behalf. That's what Romans 5 says. So when you can write that behind your name, you will get rid and you'll be saved from the fruit obsession. The moment you save from that obsession of bearing fruit, you'll find you are much more at peace and who you really are starts to manifest and you see the Spirit bearing his fruit in you having a wonderful life now when you make the fruit of Jesus your fruit you believe it and you see it but your neighbor doesn't see it he sees your fruit your wife sees your fruit okay and they treat you according to what you've done that's the laws of this world that's how it works But if we can continue and believe that His fruit is our fruit, we will find that that new fruit starts to manifest in our lives and many things change in this life. And that's what we want. We want as grace believers to see the effect of what Christ has done in our hearts. But we're not going to compromise the gospel to see that fruit. We're not going to try and get it by willpower. It's going to be born from God. Hallelujah and what I see and for those of you that watch by, uh, via the web today that's church leaders we cannot as church leaders look at our uh, congregation and look at our people's lives and think they're not bearing fruit since they heard the gospel they're not giving money since they heard the gospel they, they are rebellious now since they heard the gospel because they don't come to church every Sunday anymore um, if, we, if we as church leaders look at those things and we want to measure our vision and who we are before God and our success by how many people come to our church by how committed they are by how much money they give we are in the wrong and we're going to place a subtle obligation on our people that's just going to destroy their lives as a grace leader as leaders in the grace gospel we don't compromise the gospel we preach the true gospel and we don't turn away from that gospel that gospel shall bear fruit you know when we look at Abraham how long did Abraham wait to have Isaac I mean he waited a long time but with him and Sarah had one thing in mind we must have fruit we must have fruit and God promised and we're getting old now and we are past the time when we can bear fruit and their obsession with that we're going to have children I mean from that obsession Sarah went and said listen have a child with the slave woman and Abraham said okay because we at some way we must get fruit. We didn't see fruit. God promised the fruit. We don't see the fruit but we're going to make the fruit happen now. And what, what Ishmael was born and was a lot of trouble. And eventually fruit did come. Do you think God was angry with Abraham because he didn't have fruit the first week? No, I promised you Isaac after a week. Okay Abraham, where's Isaac? You better bear fruit, young. No, 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 no. God was not, he didn't fret when he saw that Abraham didn't bear the fruit right there. And if Abraham could have l- continued now Abraham did live by faith and there was times when when it was difficult for him and when he had to focus again look that's why God said look at the stars It was something physical every time he goes out of the house at night and look at the stars it's a reminder of the promise that's why we have the communion why we have friends and fellowship about the grace message that's why we come to church on a Sunday to listen to the gospel of grace to look at the stars the promises of God Amen. And to know that His nature will manifest in us by His power and not our willpower—that's the promise. It's like I said to you guys when it comes to uh, uh, motorbikes and speeding. Today, on the way here, we saw guys coming from the front. It was about thirty of them, and they were they were sitting at about 280. That's it, you know. And I could see—I knew—I know the speed, you know. I mean, I did it. So they were coming at about 280, and they were just coming into town. And then I said to me, do you miss it? I said, not at all. But while I was doing it, I knew that I cannot be set free from this thing by my own willpower. But there was a hope, a confident expectation in me, born from peace. I I I knew that even if this happens, there is peace between me and God based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. But my expectation was the manifestation of salvation in that area of my life. I came back from George again I put the speed cruise on a hundred and ten I think I got a speeding ticket because there's places where it's 80 we don't see the board you know so (laughs) you can never get away from this law but anyway so so I I was going at 110 and I was just at peace so my friend he's got this fast BMW so um, we went to Jakobs Bay, he says they want to take me there for have you ever been to Jacobs Bay? Man, it's a beautiful place. Just, I think it was taken from heaven, just put there. So, so we were there, in uh, it's it Steve Hoffmeyer's Steve restaurant or something. So he was sitting there, ate something, and uh, um, on the way back, he says, You can drive my car. So, I mean, that's a very fast car. You just touch a thing and it goes. But while we were chatting, we were just chatting, and I found that I'm doing 100Ks an hour with this car. And when I want to go fast, I struggle to go faster, you know. And then he phoned me yesterday. He said, I looked at the way you drive. He says, I need to get the Joburg spirit, or he, he needs to get the Joburg spirit out of him. Because he just goes 160 all the time. Now, if he lives on a platform of peace. He knows God doesn't condemn him. He's, the, he's a pastor. He's in the grace message. His whole life is in grace. The only thing that you need to do is have an expectation that this wonderful message will also manifest freedom in that area. And if it is not there today, it's okay. But there's an expectation for God to bear fruit in that area. And that is the power of peace. Because once we have peace, we're not going to fall into works. Because works is going to bring forth more frustration and is eventually going to destroy your life. So we know that we sit in the gospel of peace where God looks at me and we've adopted the fruit of Jesus as our own fruit. We are set free. Amen. The Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I want to explain that verse. There's a wonderful thing in that verse. You know, we always talk about the vicious circle. You know, Um, it's like the more you stress, the more negative you are. The more negative you are, the more you stress. And the more you stress, the more negative you are. And it's like a vicious circle. Now, this is called the good circle. When you know who God is, by the gospel of peace, the gospel of how much He loves you, and you make your request known which is born from how much he loves you because when somebody really loves you out of that love new desires are born you know you get somebody he's just got one desire he wants to travel the world then he falls in love then from that love a a desire is born to buy a house and stay in one place so love gives birth to desires so when we are loved by God when we know the gospel of his grace what happens new desires are born in us when these desires comes forth he says don't stress about anything just make it known to God and then it says the peace of God this gospel the revelation of who he is will then guard your mind and your heart Why? Because out of the heart flows the force that drives your life. So, when you hear the gospel of grace, it gives you joy. It gives you a belief which is strong. It gives you desires. You make it known to God because you make it known to Him. It's like I said before. um, If I make my desire known, my financial desire, let's talk physically. So I had a very rich father. Um, If I make my financial desire known to the Um, to the Bergie that sits at the shop you know I'm not going to have peace because he cannot help me but if I've got a father that's rich and he loves me and I know his whole life is to meet my needs and I make my need known to him then the peace will guard my heart and my mind so when something comes and says it's not going to work out the fact that I've made my request known to somebody whose whole being is there to, uh, to, to bless me guards my mind in that situation when Satan or the, sit or, or the situation attacks my mind and my belief to say this is not true. Now, I've seen it so many times when, when you've got to buy things or whatever and there's not enough money for instance. Then you think okay or you've got say you've got 50,000 Rand now you buy things. This 50,000 rand, is always much more time than money. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's always more month than money. So, you sit with this amount of money, and you know it's not going to last forever. Now you buy something, and now eventually it's down to 15,000 rand. Now you start to stress. The other guy said, man, if I could just have 15,000 rand, bless God, then I'm rich. The other guy says, I can't live with 15,000 rand. So it's, it's, a, it's a relative thing. So here we sit in the situation um, and, and, and you're stressed out. But what gives me peace in a situation like that is that my whole life is before a God that has shown His love to me. And that guards my mind and my heart against the lie that this situation wants to tell me and teach me so that I can believe the lie and that my life can be destroyed. So I believe in the truth because I know who He is. My mind is at peace. My heart believes the the right thing. The more my mind is at peace, my heart believes the the right thing, the more peace I have. The more peace I have, the more I'm persuaded of who He is. The more I'm persuaded of who He is, the more peace I have. And I'm caught in this good circle that I cannot get out of. I'm caught there. I'm, I, I'm in that bubble almost of God's love, where where contentment is is a fruit, where the nature of God is a fruit. So I want to encourage you guys in this year to come. Understand that from the platform of peace is where the power of God manifests in your life. You, it is difficult to see that power in an atmosphere where you think God is not happy with you. Where you think you need to perform for God. And um, for those leaders that watch, and, and you know guys, I've seen it, uh, this, this pastor with the fast BMW, he came to my house and he testified. I mean, I think three or four years ago, I started to preach at his church. And he's got quite a big church, um, like a thousand members or whatever. And I preached at his church, we preached Grace and he he saw me on TV and he saw Andrew Womack and and he started to preach grace in the church and then he had some people that left but not many then he got me to preach there and I I spoke on finances and I spoke on what I believe and eventually about two hundred and something people left the church and the money took a dip to the point that they couldn't really pay their salaries and he came to me he said Bertie when I preached tithing look how well it went you know and people came and and everything you know and I said to him listen and I want to say this for you guys just as a testimony and for the church leaders that watch because there are many people that go into the grace message in their churches and they find the commitment level dives because those people were only there because of fear if you take the fear away they're not going to be committed They only gave because they wanted more money. They didn't care for the church. They just wanted to make sure they can go on holiday and they want to make sure that their kids can go to university. That's why they gave. Now, you come and tell God loves you and He cares for you, doesn't matter what you do. Do you think He's going to give? If the motive was giving to get and you tell Him, I'm already, God's giving you the stuff. You don't have to give to get. If that's His only perspective on giving, do you think He's going to continue to give? He's going to stop. Because there's nothing else motivating him. The value of a person is not a revelation there yet. He doesn't understand still who he is when it comes to generosity and all those kind of things as a fruit. So he sits there and why will he give? There's no reason. And uh, you know, you don't have to come to church every Sunday. But it was preached that if you come every Sunday, then you're going to have a double anointing. But now... You know, you've got the Holy Spirit and you're anointed because of the Holy Spirit in you and the measure of faith was given to every man and He has poured out His Spirit on all flesh. So you have an anointing. You can't get the anointing from the man of God anymore. You start to preach that in your church and you think they're still going to sit under you trying to get... They they, they won't come to church because the only reason they came to church was to get an anointing. That's why in a church whenever somebody gets anointed, he leaves and starts his own ministry because he doesn't need you anymore. That's what happens in churches. So you start to bring in the grace message and everything crumbles. And now we think there's a fault with the grace message. No, no, no. This is what I said to my friend. I said to him, can you bear lying to the people so that you can pay a salary? He says, I can't. I'm going to continue with this message. And he preached it for three years. He struggled for years. And um, somebody came to his daughter. Now they didn't know who, who this, somebody from another town, they came, I think to a hairdresser or somebody, somewhere there, and the person saw his daughter. He says, listen, I feel the Lord says to me that your father is a pastor. And the Lord says that he decided to preach something that has cost him dearly financially but this is the Lord he honors him for continuing to preach the truth and it will go much better so then she went to her dad told her dad this and he was so encouraged because it was at the breaking point you know so he needed something supernatural just to encourage him and he continued to preach he came to me we were together the was this is what he told me he, says, he said my church is packed out the last two months now in any any pastor will know December is the worst month financially that there is okay because people go on holiday with the money okay I mean they also need to rest bless God he said they had the best month the last two months was the best months financially in the history of the church isn't that awesome Plus, it comes from people who freely give no obligation. The fruit was born from God. So, the pastor doesn't have to stress anymore. The fruit is born. I mean, how do you just get rid of a child? You can't. That generosity was born in those people. So, now he's going to struggle to get rid of it. Because it's born. They've discovered something, something nice. It took three years of preaching. And for people to realize and believe. And, and I want to say to people watching by the web, the pastors, don't give up. Continue to preach the gospel. Amen. If you struggle with something in your life, you're not giving up. You're saying, Lord, I've got a confident expectation that in this area of my life, I will see you give birth to that emotion of whatever I need in that area of life. Be it no more fighting be it peace in your mouth be it change from swearing be it I don't know whatever you know the fruit of of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is not a command it's a promise and we the bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God amen How, what is faith and patience we believe we are persuaded of a God that doesn't find us guilty in front of him amen the peace of bible says the god of peace or the god of hope will flood peace in your heart so that the holy spirit can bring forth the hope that you have so the power of peace is the manifestation by god's power of his nature in your life where you are in the place where you've adopted the fruit of jesus as your fruit Amen Hallelujah Let's pray together You know you can be here and you can say Bertie you know I want that peace <clears throat> you know I, I, I don't know you know you're talking about this peace and I've maybe I, I've had a good rest physically I feel rested out but when I think of um, this year to come I'm a bit stressed if I think of my marriage I'm a bit stressed if I You're watching via the web, you think of the economy of your country, you're a bit stressed. You think of the new elections coming up, you are stressed. You you feel these things. I want to say these words to you. There's no magic key to peace. Peace comes through the gospel. The message of your innocence before God. And your full righteousness before God fully qualifying you. The Word of God says that those that believe are saved. Those that are having their minds and hearts at rest at that truth. The only way you're going to have that peace is by hearing this gospel over and over, meditating upon it in a serious way, envisioning yourself in it, seeing yourself in it, making it personal where you say this is mine and you'll find peace come and from that peace that peace is is the emotion that you will have knowing that his fruit became your fruit his fruit is your fruit hallelujah thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus i thank you my god that we will take believing seriously believing is not a work believing is something that happens to us the work we do is we sit and listen to your love, my God. Hallelujah. We yield to your gospel to the point that it brings forth belief, which brings forth the emotion of not being indebted from where is manifested the being of God in our lives. Thank you, Lord. I also want to pray for church leaders watching me today, all over the world. Father, I pray right now for church leaders And I just speak over them, courage for 2012. I thank you Lord that I can speak over them, uh, uh, tenacity when it comes to the message of grace. Where they say this is the gospel and we cannot go away from it. Even if I've lost half my congregation, even if half of the people stop their giving and tithing and whatever. I thank you, Lord, that you provide finances for those leaders, you provide jobs for those leaders, you provide people around them that can give towards their ministries so this grace message can be preached and the gospel of peace can be heard all over the world. I thank you, Lord, that you give them an inner peace about their congregations, about their visions. I thank you, Lord, that I can pray for pastors right now that where they had a vision which is an obligation towards you, that they will have the courage to lay down that vision as not from you. And where they can come to a place where they are pampered by who you are, and from there, a vision can be born. I pray for them, and I thank you, Lord, that manifests in their lives, and you encourage them, put people around them, that can encourage them in this area. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.